we're excited to share that the following offer has been extended through the end of the week. We hope you become a member today. Tuesday, February 28th marks one year since we launched the DSR Daily Brief. We're showing our thanks by providing you with our best sale price ever on membership. From now through March 4th, visit the dsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DAILYBRIEF to receive 50% off our regular membership price of $50 per year or $5 per month. Members receive access to bonus content, an ad-free listening experience, exclusive blog posts, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. This is a one-time only offer, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code daily brief to receive 50% off. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Chris Cotnor, executive producer of the DSR Network's family of podcasts. I wanted to tell you about an exciting opportunity we have for a podcast producer. Our ideal applicant will have a deep interest and background in international and domestic issues, podcast production experience, and our desire to help grow the podcast. The person will also take the lead on promoting programming on social media and potentially could co-host podcasts, must be comfortable working with very high-level guests worldwide, including current government officials, strong academic background in political science, international affairs, or public policy required, excellent writing skills, a familiarity with WordPress, the Riverside podcasting platform, and a willingness to do whatever it takes is essential. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, please email us at info at the dsrnetwork.com. That's info at the dsrnetwork.com. Thank you. It's March 21st, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Reuters is reporting that Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping spoke for more than four hours yesterday and enjoyed a state dinner at the Kremlin, warmly praising each other as a dear friend. Moscow has been publicly promoting plans for a visit by Xi for months. Xi has sought to portray Beijing as a peacemaker in Ukraine, even as he deepens economic ties with Moscow. Putin told Xi he viewed China's proposals for resolution of the Ukraine conflict with respect. Xi, for his part, praised Putin. The Chinese proposal has been largely dismissed in the West as a ploy to buy Putin time to regroup his forces and solidify his grip on occupied land. Ukrainian and Western officials fear any ceasefire would merely freeze the front lines, handing Russia an advantage as it struggles to make headway following a series of setbacks since launching its invasion in February last year. Yesterday, European Union ministers signed off on a plan to supply $2.1 billion worth of ammunition to Ukraine, according to Deutsche Welle. 
The block aims to deliver 1 million. The block aims to deliver 1,155mm artillery shells to Ukraine in the next 12 months, as well as replenish EU stocks. Under the plan, 1 billion euros will be used to reimburse EU members that immediately supply Ukraine with ammunition from their own existing stockpiles. Another 1 billion euros will be used to jointly fast-track orders of ammunition specifically for Ukraine. The AP is reporting that Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida began a surprise visit to Kyiv earlier this morning, hours after Chinese President Xi Jinping arrived in neighboring Russia for a three-day visit. Japanese public television channel NTV showed Kishida riding a train from Poland heading to Kyiv. His surprise trip to Ukraine comes just hours after he met with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi in New Delhi, and a week after a breakthrough summit with South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol. Kishida, who is to chair the Group of Seven summit in May, is the only G7 leader who hasn't visited Ukraine and was under pressure to do so at home. Japan has contributed more than $7 billion to Ukraine and accepted more than 2,000 displaced Ukrainians and helped them with housing assistance and support for jobs and education, a rare move in a country that is known for its strict immigration policy. Elsewhere, the BBC reports that China's anti-fraud watchdog has accused chip tycoon Zhao Weiguo of corruption in the latest sign of trouble faced by the country's semiconductor industry. Key players in the sector were investigated for corruption last year after the government poured billions of dollars into projects which stalled or failed. Mr. Zhao did not respond to BBC requests for comment. In a statement, the Central Commission for Discipline Inspection alleges that Mr. Zhao took the state-owned company he managed as his private fiefdom. The regulator says he handed profitable businesses to his relatives and friends and purchased goods and services from companies managed by his associates at prices significantly higher than the market. Mr. Zhao's case, it adds, has been handed to prosecutors who will file charges against him. According to Politico Europe, Emmanuel Macron's government narrowly survived a no-confidence vote in the French parliament yesterday, after it pushed through a deeply unpopular pensions overhaul without a vote last week, sparking outrage and spontaneous protests across the country. In a high-stakes vote in France's lower house of parliament, 278 MPs, mostly from the left and the far right, voted in favor of a cross-party motion of no confidence, falling just short of the 287 votes needed to topple the government. A second motion, backed only by the far-right national rally, did not garner enough votes. The outcome of the first vote was much tighter than anticipated and increased the pressure on Macron to withdraw his reform. It may also give a boost to the protest movement 
led by trade unions against the measures. The French president will also be under pressure to respond either by addressing the country or reshuffling his cabinet. Kenya's The Nation is reporting that the United States has concluded that Ethiopian and Eritrean troops, as well as rebels, committed war crimes during the brutal two-year conflict, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Monday. Blinken, who had sounded upbeat in Ethiopia about the prospects for peace after a breakthrough November 2nd accord, made a forceful call for accountability. Many of these actions were not random or mere byproduct of war. They were calculated and deliberate, America's top diplomat said as he presented an annual U.S. human rights report. He said the State Department carried out a careful review of the law and the facts and concluded that war crimes were committed by federal troops from Ethiopia as well as Eritrea. Blinken added that the State Department also found crimes against humanity by Ethiopian, Eritrean, and Amhara forces. The United States has previously estimated that some 500,000 people died in the two-year conflict, making it one of the deadliest wars of the 21st century and dwarfing the toll from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Al Jazeera reports that Venezuela's powerful petroleum minister has announced his resignation following the detention of at least six high-level officials amid a corruption inquiry focused on the state-run company Petroleos de Venezuela S.A., the judiciary, and other parts of the government. Tarek El Asami announced his resignation on Twitter yesterday and pledged to help the investigation of any allegations involving PDVSA while also offering support to President Nicolas Maduro's anti-corruption campaign. Maduro did not immediately name a replacement for Al-Assami, who has served as vice president and as a minister and mayor over the past two decades. In lighter news from the UPI, a Connecticut man made a trip to New York's Times Square with his girlfriend all the more special by using a billboard to pop the question. Jose Negron of Waterbury dropped down to one knee and proposed to his girlfriend Alicia beneath a giant billboard that displayed a photo of the couple and their son with the message, Will you marry me? Alicia accepted the proposal. Negron said the plan came about after he learned about an offer on timesquarebillboard.com, which offers individuals the opportunity to have their photos displayed on the digital billboard. The service, which costs $150, has the photo displayed for 15 seconds every hour for 24 hours. Jamie Suarez, the owner of the billboard, said the idea came about as a means for making good use of the advertising space during the pandemic. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with Carl Friedhoff of the Chicago Council on Global Affairs about the rapprochement between South Korea and Japan. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. 
If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>